Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S T-O-L-K-I-E-N and Instagram at Tipples and Tolkien. So cozy up, pour yourself a drink, and come on a journey with us this fall on Tipples and Tolkien. Previously on Second Condition One. Marzi Pan. <laughs> I don't think anyone's coming to your party. <laughs> well, there's the intro. <laughs> Hell yeah. The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look and feel human. Some are programmed to think they are human. There are many many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations. Action stations. Set Condition 1 throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition 1, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host and SC1 Actual Caleb, and I remembered to say my name the first time. Nailed it. <laughs> I'm proud and of you. Joining me on the CIC is the XO Kitsy. I, I didn't have any lines this episode again, so I don't have a, a email. <laughs> email. <laughs> and the president of the 12 Colonies and the podcast, Andrea. I wish them all could be my ringtone. It's also, it's also <laughs> Homestar Runner. It's Teen Girl Squad, actually. But oh. <laughs> I have a crush on every Baltar. <laughs> <laughs> I have a crush on every six for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and of course, uh, today we are discussing the uh, season two, episode eighteen of the two thousand four Battlestar Galactica series, uh, entitled "Download <laughs> <laughs> Star <laughs> Characters <laughs> Tunes Games <laughs> Email." <laughs> there is a. Very small number of people that listen to this podcast who will probably get that, and I'm I'm okay with it. They recently did, like, the first new homepage in years. What? Yeah. They were... Did um, did they have to because it was still Flash? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Strong Bad was um, featured in the most recent uh, Candle Nights, which is the Mabim Bam's holiday extravaganza. Yeah. That's true. I was very excited. I cried. Daniel, I know that you are yelling that you have not been um, singled out directly as a fan who will get this. He'll be very excited. So, hello. Single me out. (laughs) Remember when Lisa Loeb had a dating show for herself? No. As, yeah, it, she, as in, like, people yeah. could just go on the show to date Lisa Loeb? Oh, I wish. Uh, no, she had this whole reality show about her date, dating life, and the theme song was her song, Single Me Out. Oh. Uh, yeah. Very, very clever and probably self-serving, but you know what? Fuck it. She's allowed. She's allowed, if anybody. So, uh, let's, uh, 
We just came off an adventure. Boy, did we. <laughs> we had our, our first ever like, true Night Shift Radio Network crossover event with the Never Heard of It podcast. Those two guys, jerks. Baltar, <laughs> uh, joined us. Uh, that was fun. Ho- hopefully, you listener uh, heard uh, part one here and did actually follow along to part two over in the, the Never Heard of It feed. Uh, if not, I mean, that's your choice. We are going to be making a bunch of callback jokes, though, to that episode. So this episode <laughs> might not be very funny to you if you haven't watched it. Just fair warning. Just so you know. <laughs> oh, remember that time we previously on Battlestar Galactica? <laughs> that was good. So, Kitsy, I had totally forgotten about the context of this episode until um, a few days ago when you messaged me and was like, Holy shit, like, this is the first episode from the Cylon perspective, mm-hmm. and Andrea is losing her mind. <laughs> it, but fully bananas. Um, before we get too far into the episode, though, I will say it occurred to me, because we watch the episode twice as we often do, it occurred to me this time through that when this aired originally, Razor was not the most recent thing viewers no. had seen. So this is Correct. their first introduction to the Pit of Goo. Yes, because Face of Bo was in a pit of goo, and that was Razor. That's right. It, this is the first time that we get to see a Cylon resurrect, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. And it's crazy if you think about this on the back of uh, Captain's Hand would be what they would have just seen. Yeah. Please forgive me if I made this joke already last week. No. I may have, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it again anyway. Okay. I mean, you have to make it before I decide if I'm going to forgive you or not. Good point. Okay, that's fair. That's, you know, that Caleb, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> so, you keep referring to the the hybrid Cylon we met in Razor uh, as the face of Bo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, because he was on a Cylon base star, you could say that it's the base of foe. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I'll allow it. But watch yourself, McCoy. No, you didn't make that joke last week. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank God. You definitely did not. Um, I also love that you started this episode out, Andrea, by saying, like, is this, like, is this where the goo is? Because uh, <laughs> at that, that moment I was looking, of course, at uh, my second favorite website of all time, sadgeezer.com. After uh, Genius and, Lyrics. <laughs> and uh, there's, like, a line that literally says, number six wakes up in a tub of goo. <laughs> That is exactly what it is. It's like, it's spot. I mean, like, when's the last time this happened? It was during uh, the, like, shootout in the Cloud City Corral, where we refer to the the henchmen as goons. Yeah, yes. So did Ted Geezer. But before the goo, (laughs) we actually do get a brief flashback. We we get a a timestamp here nine months ago. So we now know at this point uh, that almost at the end of the, the second season, we are only nine months since the attack on Caprica. Because uh, we get to see again uh, the explosion uh, from the vantage point of Gaius Baltar's, uh, you know, fucking Tony Stark mansion on the cliff, <laughs> and uh, we get to see the you know the whole uh, moment where Baltar realizes that Six is a Cylon, uh, and when she tells him, you know, I can't die when this body's destroyed, I'll be downloaded into a new body. He's like, you mean there's more like you? <laughs> and she, this is where she tells him there's right. 12 models and I'm number six. And uh, you know, we see the, the scene again where like she shields him from the, the blast. And then she wakes up in the tub of goo. Now, 
I take issue with this scene a little bit because she wakes up in the goo and is disoriented. And they're like explaining to her, like, you're a Cylon. You're here with us now. You died and now you're back. And it's like she, but she just got done telling Baltar that's what was going to happen. So it, it seems odd that she's confused about what's going on here. I think it's like a 51st state scenario where every time you are reborn into the goo, it's it's not that you're like wiped clean necessarily, but the the travel is like disorienting enough. It's like when you wake up from a really deep dream mm. and it takes mm-hmm. you a second to figure out who you are and all that maybe. Yeah, and I, I guess I that's think true. That and we get a little bit of this again later. Uh, and I think that there is just that, that moment of, of disorientation of the memories, uh, kind of, uh, integrating with this new body and with the, like, like the template consciousness of your model. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause you know, we've talked about that before, how basically like every six has like a base image of their 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 software mm-hmm. you know every eight every whatever has a base image uh but then their memories get put onto that and they have to like there's got to be like some confusion in that reconciliation period um but you know it clicks for her pretty quickly and she's like shit i just died mm-hmm. and like you know that also has to contribute some of the confusion because she just experienced dying and now suddenly as far as she knows she's immediately waking up in this tub of goo uh, which never gets old to say tub of goo. <laughs> um, and, you know, you know, Deanna's there, Deanna Beers, and she's like, yeah, your, your body was destroyed. It was a nuclear blast, but that's all over. And she, of course, is immediately thinking of Gaius. And this is where we get a chance to, to get a, a reversal of roles here, where we've gone uh, nine months, you know, two seasons of Gaius Baltar having a number six in his head, Who's uh, not quite exactly like the other sixes mm-hmm. that we see. Like she's got a you know personality all her own, but she's kind of her his like guiding angel, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and suddenly, when this six wakes up, she has a uh, not quite so uh, flighty and flippant Gaius Baltar in her head that only she can see, and it's the most amazing reversal. <laughs> it's so good. I I really, Andrew, you're watching this for the first time. Mm-hmm. I want to know. What was going through your head when you saw Baltar? So, yeah, my first thought, I mean, it literally propelled me out of my seat. So I, I can was, confirm, yes. <laughs> yes. I was so... Excellent. ...struck. And they don't, they're so, the show's so good, because they don't immediately make it clear that nobody else can see him. Because he does mm-hmm. say, nobody else can see me. But there, there's like three or four seconds there where it looks as if he's just... A Cylon. A Cylon hanging out with everybody else bringing her back. What a fucking revelation with that. Right, exactly. (laughs) Um, And so on the one hand, I'm slightly disappointed to not have that confirmed. Uh, On the other, this is such a fun parallel. Like you said, that reversal. And it's especially good because we know what Gaius is like, like real Gaius, not head Gaius. Mm-hmm. We can see that this character, this characterization of him is like an exaggerated kind of like less, I don't know, like real-ish version. And this yeah. is the, that version is the first six we really met was re- to really got to know. Um, and so it's interesting to see six in a new body being more like uh, nuanced and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a little softer. Um, 
it's just fun to have those two working in opposite directions. Yeah, and it's like yet another character that Trisha Helfer gets to lean into and just mm-hmm. absolutely crush how good she portrays this. Because yeah, we we see this. Uh, I think nuance is a is a great a great word. A, a much more nuanced version of six. She's less. Uh, intense with everything. She's not murdery like the ones that we saw at the farm. <laughs> She's not, you know, seduce everyone in sight. Like, um, you know, what's her name? The the fake one that, that showed up when guys was being blasphemous, trying to seduce the admiral. Yeah, like, she's, she's different. And, like, I think we, you know, we get a sense that her experience amongst the humans and specifically with Gaius and, like, her, you know, blossoming love for guys mm-hmm. uh, has maybe uh, changed the way that she perceives the Cylon mission. But before we get into that, we get another flashback to 10 weeks sooner than this, 10 weeks prior, uh, where we get to do, uh, once again relive the, uh, the shooting of the, uh, the then commander, command, commander, now admiral, commadmiral, <laughs> <laughs> commanderal uh, Adama by, by Boomer, uh, and of course her subsequent shooting by Callie. And uh, Sharon wakes up in a vatigoo as well. Mm-hmm. This uh, this is a really cool scene because I think I, I I know Sharon had suspicion she was a Cylon. I know that everyone's kind of telling her she was a Cylon, like you're a sleeper agent, whatever. Because after she shot Adama, you know, was, they were all pretty convinced. But then she wakes up and sees a copy of herself standing over the tub of goo. And, like, mm-hmm. now she knows for sure she's a Cylon, and she ain't happy. We love you. <laughs> it is such a good good reaction to that. That's also a callback. Or I guess it's, depending on the direction you want to look at it, it's, like, for, from the Cylon perspective, this occurs before they destroy that base star. But that's that those two lines are what all of the naked Sharons are saying to mm-hmm. which Sharon is that? That's the Sharon. Cause she kills. Yeah. This, oh. It's <gasps> after this mission it that is... she comes back and shoots yeah. the, the Admiral. So she, that is from directly... her perspective, it was almost like, it was a matter of days ago. Yeah. If that maybe hours that she had this experience of meeting dozens of naked Cylon versions of her. And she still hadn't come to terms with the fact that she, was a Cylon. Yeah. That's so and then cool. here she is waking up in the, 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 the Cylon day spa. And uh, <laughs> it's a fucking terrifying experience for her. She still thinks of herself as human. Yeah. That's how deeply embedded she was. And so we have these two very different uh, experiences, but both Cylons who were, you know, instrumental in the Cylon war effort and, you know, deeply embedded with the, the humans with different uh, results, different outcomes. But, Still, like, they're not quite the same as other models of theirs. And so they kind of stand out. But they get praised as heroes of the Cylon for their their part in the war. I have a timeline question now that it didn't occur to me to think about or consider until this moment. But we are, again, nine months or whatever prior to Mm -hmm. what we know to have occurred at this point. We have Sharon in a new body that has just woken up. Is this mm-hmm. the Sharon that Hilo meets later? No, no, Could no, because that Sharon is still around. But so, so it's worth noting that the um, we have these flashbacks to to six and Sharon waking up, but the rest of the episode we see takes place in the current 
time for the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Hilo's six, see, Hilo, Hilo's Sharon has already happened. They've already left. They're right, already right, back right, on, right, right. on okay. Galactica. Okay. Yep. Got it. And we get a, a little bit more tangible evidence of that later on, but I, I don't yeah. want to spoil it just yet. Yeah. Also, uh, Worth noting that uh, the Cylon uh, centurions are now, like, planting trees in Caprica. So funny. They're helping! (laughs) It symbolizes renewal. Yeah, it symbolizes renewal. They're, like, rebuilding parks. (laughs) And, like, you just nuked this place. And you're, like, yeah, I mean, good on you for, like, making some green space and, like, putting up trees. But, like, have you dealt with the radiation problem at all yet? I mean, maybe they don't need to. Hmm. Maybe they don't need to, but I feel like a lot of the other life on Earth would, would need them to. If they, on what? If they wanted to. Life on what? Where? Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> wow. I just, that's, you know, that's my geocentric <laughs> view of the universe coming out. Yep. <laughs> life on Caprica. Uh, you know, all of this has happened before. All of <laughs> there are some who say that life here began out there. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Have we gotten that speech that's- yet? I don't think we have. I think that is like at the very beginning of the like the mini series we get that and what that is is a callback to the original series. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, there's <laughs> I think one of the, the best but also most awkward moments in the show is when Adoral comes up to uh Six and is like I just want to say like it's an honor to be with you here on Caprica. You know, we, we, your your participation in the war really really means a lot to us. <laughs> like, all right, fanboy, move yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> so she's essentially like a celebrity and doesn't want to be, which is a fun. Celebrity. Celebrity. Mm-hmm. Oh. I liked it. I'm feeling that one. Mm-hmm. But uh they're having a conversation on the bench and by they I mean six, uh Caprica six. This mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. Uh, if you recall, early early on in the in the podcast, Andrea, uh, Caleb referred to her as Caprica Six, and you were confused. This is where yeah, I that was, happens. Yes. I was thinking about that uh, as we were watching tonight. So, so, uh, so she's talking with uh, with one of the Deannas, uh, who we learn is model number three. Yes, mm-hmm. model number Doral three. is five. We're we're slowly getting getting some uh, numbers model here. numbers filled in here for us. Sharon's are eights. eights. I think that's all we know. Yeah. Which conveniently, they're also the only ones on Caprica. Well, yeah, they couldn't put other ones on there. Or we'd know. <laughs> There's some Simons walking around too, but oh, like, right. we don't like them. Yeah. I, I kept looking in the background to see if like anything was hinted toward. Yeah, so did I. There's like a Steve back there, like, hey! Exactly. Like, Who's this fucking guy? I think there might have been like a Leoban, but yeah, like it was like. They, they were, I think, pretty intentionally limited in like who they showed us here. And the only way, there are two ways to handle that, and it's. They know that that's an awkward thing that they have to do, so they just suck it up and do it. Or Mm -hmm. this lends more evidence to something I've been trying to figure out early on, which is do all 12 models know who the other 11 models are? And I guess it's possible that there are, so we have four, that there are eight models that, like, do they run in little groups so that they can? Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? So, like, the ones we don't know aren't commingling with the ones we do know. Right, maybe. Oh, interesting. Because having them separate allows for more. And then that also points to something else I've been thinking about, that, like, they do keep talking about their god. There has to be somebody right at the top of this, I have to assume, or that one Hmm. of the 12 models is at the top of all of this kind of keeping tabs on everyone and everything. Like, who's really in charge? Who's pulling the strings? Exactly. So. Interesting. I don't know. 
Yeah, like where did this monotheistic religion come from in a race of sentient AIs that were created by a polytheistic culture? We've, we've touched on this before, but like it's weird that, that it would develop that way. And I'm, I'm interested to relearn how they get there. Anywho, <laughs> they're having this conversation because they were over on the bench and uh, they were having this. That's a John Mulaney reference mm-hmm. for all you John Mulaney fans out there. What's up? I see you. I see you. We uh, They're on the bench. They're talking. And uh, Deanna lets Six know that uh, the Sharon, the boomer, the eight, uh, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call her, that revived was having trouble integrating. And she was hoping that, that Caprica Six could talk to her and help her out because it turns out that she, uh, after being revived, she went back to her old apartment in uh, on Caprica and yeah. is wearing like her colonial, you know, not her uniform, but like she's got the the double tank top deal going on, you know. So she's back in her like colonial active wear, listening to the playlist Crashdown made her. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, what is that music she's listening to? It's so bad. It's bad. And, and she's just working out in her uh, in her 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 apartment and is not accepting that she's a Cylon. I mean, she knows she's a Cylon, but she's not she's not happy about it. Yeah, I like that you use the word accepting there because I was just thinking it's she's. She's grieving, right, the loss of mm-hmm. her humanity. Yeah. Um, and yes. she is not making progress. Um, she is deep in denial. She's surrounded herself with these mementos of her past, and, you know, she makes references to them. And, you know, she has pictures of her parents. She's like, you know, that's my mother. And, like, at one point, uh, Six points out these, uh, like, elephant mementos. And she's like, yes, my mother gave them to me. And, like, she kind of delves into, like, this split of acknowledging, like, that's just a planted memory. That's my, you know, how deep my programming was. But to me, it's real. Mm-hmm. That it goes back to why I think all along when she was on Galactica, she, like, no matter what was happening, she didn't really know that she was a Cylon because she couldn't really accept it. She believed wholeheartedly yeah. that she was a human. Yeah. And so when she sabotage the you know the water reservoirs and when she shot the the commander that wasn't her acting with intent that was the the sleeper agent programming coming out mm-hmm. yep you <laughs> you <laughs> kids you pointed something out when we were watching it that uh i think is interesting and it's that it appears that boomer just happens to be in the same apartment building that um what's that one I like? What's Starbuck. her name? Starbuck that Starbuck yeah. lived in. Yeah, it looks fact, like the same apartment. It almost looks like they just redressed the same set. If you can imagine. If you can imagine something that wild. <laughs> I mean, it's not terribly unfathomable that uh, members of the military would be holed up in the same mm-hmm. you know complex. <clears throat> That's yeah. true. Yeah. Maybe it's you know, maybe it's government housing, maybe it's just what they could afford on their their Paychecks, maybe they liked living near each other. Aww. Maybe it's coincidence. Maybe that's, you know, just kind of common Capricorn architecture. Uh, it is a pretty dope apartment. Yeah, it is. With all the, like, exposed concrete everywhere and, like, the, the like floating staircase and everything. Yeah, they uh, must pay well to be in the Galactic and Capricorn. The Colonial Army. Fleet. Colonial Fleet. Or maybe Caprica City rents just aren't exorbitant. Uh, could you imagine? Yeah, maybe they have an economy that's, like, not fucking broken. Hmm. Affordable housing for everyone? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know about that. Living wage for everyone? Mm. That sounds... I can. Yeah, I can see why the Silence wanted to blow that up. 
There, there was a pretty sizable farmer's market, though, so we can assume this neighborhood was hella gentrified. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, so Six and, and, and Boomer are talking, and uh, at one point, Boomer gets real mad and smashes a picture against the wall, mm-hmm. and the glass shatters and goes everywhere, and uh, Six gets a cut on her face. Or does she? Well, she does. <laughs> but in a very clever way that we find out because uh, her Baltar is there kind of helping to, to guide her through this conversation. He's the one that points out the, the elephant figurines. He's the one that, like, when Six tries to do the God loves you, he's like, don't, don't do religion with this one. What are you thinking? <laughs> so good. <laughs> he's so fun. And, but he calls her on. He's like, that was clever. Cutting yourself with your fingernail just as the glass shattered. That wins Sharon over, gains her, her sympathy, like gets her to stop railing against the world long enough to like tend, you know, tend to that cut and actually talk to Six. Mm-hmm. So this is maybe just me having terrible spatial and temporal awareness, but this, all of this is... Happened before. And it will happen... Again. Okay, Again. cool, got it, moving on. <laughs> no, this is nine months, right? So now we are currently in our present timeline. So yes. Boomer has just been hanging out, pretending to be human for nine months. Is that doing pull-ups? Doing pull-ups. She should be. Well, so Boomer's jacked. been hanging out, pretending to be human for like ten weeks. Uh, Six has been on Caprica, soaking up the the celebrity vibes and hanging out at the coffee shops uh, for nine months. So has that Boomer? Wait. Okay. So in our timeline, Adama was only shot ten weeks ago. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. a lot happens. Uh-huh. Yeah. In. A month in how uh-huh. many weeks are in a month? Ten is that right? Ten, ten weeks in, ten a, month, weeks right? in a month. Well, it. it depends. A Capricorn month <laughs> or a Gemini month? <laughs> exactly. Um, but that's funny. What so if the first... all of the colonies had the exact same rotational speed and like orbital time? Well, they'd That'd have be fucking crazy. It, I mean, like it's either that or calendars. We think daylight savings is bad. Like right? imagine, imagine time, time zones, zones across yeah. planets. But um, but all that to say, so there were seven, it seemed like a lot has happened across this series, but it's really like those first seven months were just kind of like, what happened up until the point that Adama got shot? I feel like nothing. <laughs> they were running. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. I mean, they were on the run, and I think the early episodes gave us a bit more gaps in time, mm. uh, and then like all of a sudden things like really compressed and started happening in rapid succession with Adama getting shot and... Uh, Ty having to take over, and then Adama recovering, and then them finding uh, Kobol. Kobol! Kobol! Loba. And then, you know, Alosha dying, and then, you know, the, the president, like, letting everyone know she's dying, and then... Then not dying. The heir of Apollo, and then they find the, the, the map to Earth, and, like, all of this stuff, bam, 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 like, just... Like, over, like, a matter of days, it feels like. Yeah. What's, what's wild is it, in season three, it gets even... even uh, more compressed and season three actually takes place in real time didn't we make this joke once yes probably (laughs) Um, (laughs) that the entire rest of the season or rest of the series was just like you know an episode of 24 where it's like one one hour per episode yeah because i couldn't figure out how they were gonna that's so funny i almost want to do like a i think it's time to go back and re-listen to the first uh two seasons because i was speculating at the time or i was trying to figure out how they could have this what seemed a very real threat of rosalind dying and then Mm -hmm. just have her die for four seasons Mm -hmm. and they didn't do that but yeah they certainly found a workaround yet i maintain that i would still watch an entire episode of ty just taking a, a sip of whiskey and just like 
silently contemplating how shitty his day was. Oh, yeah. It's like an episode of Breaking Bad. Did I say that last time? I don't think I did. Is it The Fly? All of this has happened before. Box Cutter? Yeah. Breaking Bad was a good show. Breaking Bad was a good show for its time. And I know it wasn't that long ago, but I tried to rewatch it recently, and who boy. Oh? Yeah. I just, I don't know. I have, I loved, loved, loved that show, but... um, Actually, it might not Welcome be the Welcome to show's the newest uh, Night Shift Radio <laughs> original, Breaking Meh. <laughs> Still no, love Caleb, Jesse. Love of my life. That's what they sell in the show. They sell meh. 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 It's like okay meth. Yeah. It's like, it's fine. It's <laughs> meh. It's technically meth. <laughs> it's the best kind of meth. So, uh, so. what happens next, Caleb? Well, we uh, we skipped over. We uh, have multiple Dreda's uh, contacts, so why don't we uh, go ahead? <laughs> ah, I love it. Well done. Why don't we go ahead and take it? I know. I'm, I feel bad. I don't. I don't want to do that now. Can we rewind? <laughs> you want to do it? You just don't want our listeners to. You're probably right. <laughs> Caleb did more home star. It was good. Can we? Okay, what, Caleb, tell me what happens next because that was actually a little early with some editing. We're gonna, we're just not going to be quite at halfway yet. No, I think that was a good point. I think it was a good moment, and then we <laughs> and killed the, it. And then I killed it. Can we? Can we try to recreate it? <laughs> But it's already there. No, but but I didn't finish the thing. So finish it. Well, Caleb, what happens next? Well, so we skipped over a... We have multiple Dreda's contacts, so we're going to go ahead and jump to a safe location, and we'll embed the jump coordinates into the ad, as we always do. Uh, so please listen to that at uh, full volume in reverse <laughs> at uh, triple speed, and you'll hear the coordinates. So say we all. <laughs> Well, I have to say it. I'm sorry. I know it's not the end of the episode, but if you say it, I have to say it. I'm Michael Fight, and I'm here with a brand new show called Fight Jokes About Everything. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're going to bring up a brand new topic, something that's hot on the internet because because I live on the internet. And we're going to take those silly things and we're going to joke about them. And we're going to, you know, talk a little bit about the history of them and talk about why the internet is such a terrible but wonderful place. So please join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for this brand new Night Shift Radio original. For more information, go to nightshiftradio.com. And of course, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Mindless monsters, once thought human, fill the streets. A corrupt government threatens the lives of the people it's meant to serve. This sounds a little too familiar. Is this real life? Or a video game you can play for fun? Shift Talk to you. Night Shift Radio's newest original production is your LGBTQ plus centered source for creative and thoughtful discussions and news at the intersection of gaming, diversity, and community. You can expect unboxings, game reviews, let's plays, community nights, celebrations of what video games are doing right, critical conversations about where the gaming industry needs to do better, and so much more. Be the first to know when new episodes drop by following us on Twitter and Instagram at NSR Shift Q. And on Twitch at Shift Alt Q to join the community. For more information about Shift Alt Q, visit nightshiftradio.com. Hi, I'm Sarah Sweeney, host of the new podcast, Latchkey Kids. Right now, we're all at home, left to our own devices without any adult supervision. Each weekish, I'll talk to my fellow Latchkey Kids about what they're up to, how they're wasting time, and, because I can, make them perform a dramatic reading of a TV show theme song. So join me wherever you get your podcasts. Do you guys... Okay. If you had to pick between having a six in your head all the time or a Baltar in your head all the time. Six. What would you pick and why? I, six. Six. Why? Clearly. Because she's cooler and hotter. Is that... Mm-hmm. 
and I'm more frightened of her. Caleb? I don't need a, another smug son of a bitch in my head all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And you? Uh, I don't know. Because, like, I feel like I feel like six kind of scares me. Mm-hmm. But Baltar, you're like, fuck off. Like he, like, he couldn't make me do anything, but six definitely could. Yeah. So I could be like, hey, tomorrow, can you bully me into editing this fucking podcast? I, I feel like, though, she'd make me do things I don't want to do, like overthrow humanity and, like, break into the defense <laughs> mainframe and betray everyone I know. Like, I don't. Yeah. I'm not trying to do that. Yeah, that kind of works for me, too. It's fine. I feel like if, if it was Baltar, I'd just be like, shut up, you fucking pretentious <laughs> prick. <laughs> Also, is Baltar wearing that suit if he's in my head? Because I can't handle that. You know that. he is. Then absolutely not. <laughs> totally is. Yeah, no. Pinstripes and all. Yep, then it's got to be six. <laughs> zoot suit riot. It's not a zoot what, suit, but what it if might it was, as well be. What if it's six, but in Baltar's suit? Let's <laughs> let's not do this Three now. Three buttons is a little 90s, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> or, 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 or Baltar in the red dress. Okay. Okay, now, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> what? Okay, so let's... Uh, <laughs> Let's talk for a moment about how like we we've covered how Trisha Helfer plays so many characters and plays them all so well, uh, and how uh, the six in Baltar's head is a bit different in intensity and in um, the way she interacts with the world and with with Baltar uh, than other sixes that we meet. Uh, this Baltar is James Callis's chance to uh, step into a, a slightly different character and. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I'm curious to hear what, what your thoughts were on it. It's We make fun of guys a lot for being so bumbling. Um, for being so Baltar? Yeah, for being so Baltar. <laughs> and it's it's fun to see him smooth that over and get to kind of show other side without really overdoing it too much. Um, it does my—you know how sometimes on Galactica he's just kind of skulking around smoking? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, <laughs> For That's a second, my favorite thing that he does. It's so good. But for a second, when I was thinking that he was a Cylon, I was like, oh. And smoking Gaius, skulking smoking Gaius is this one. And bumbling <laughs> fucking lab tables, like doing whatever Baltar do uh, okay. is the other one. And that's how you tell them apart. But I, now I know that's not the case. Oh, for a second, I thought you were saying that there were multiple Baltars on Galactica. Yeah, I was <laughs> for half a second thinking that. Okay, so we just we keep seeing different and it ones. Just been clever editing because nobody knows that he's a Cylon. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't get that there are different versions of him. Exactly. That's why he's so weird all the time. Exactly. I mean, Galactica is a big ship, so yep. like unless you see them at the same time, you know, like you just assume, mm-hmm. like, oh, I thought you were on the CIC. Like, oh, I was, but now I'm here. I vented. That's um that's an Among Us joke and it's a good one. I bet I'm it leaving is. Leaving it in, <laughs> and it's a good one. <laughs> Just so speaking you know. of bumbling lab technician Gaius. Uh, did anyone else catch that he still has vials of blood just sitting out on the tables? <laughs> and after Why know, nine months, that's not those how you store not, that. <laughs> those are not good anymore. Those were not stored properly. Listen, <laughs> he's not a blood doctor. He's an AI True. expert, so he doesn't know. <laughs> Somebody should tell him he's not a blood doctor. He thinks he is. He's no expert. Maybe Cylon blood doesn't need to be refrigerated. But he doesn't know what among the samples are Cylons because he has like 65 years worth of samples to go through. (laughs) Or was that all bullshit and he's already tested them all and he already knows and he's just not telling anyone. That son of a bitch. Also, I guess he's just not testing anymore. Like they kind of gave up on that, right? Like they're just, that was like a Mm -hmm. whole thing and then it was like, eh, fuck it. Who has the time? 
And we also know now that all he has to do is look at the blood to see if it's hexagonal or octagonal. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And the octagonal blood is Cylon. A fucking kindergartner could do that. Maybe they have kids doing it now, now that they figured that out. <laughs> that little... Since they don't have a school on Galactica. They've outsourced it to children. <laughs> send them all to Baltar. Like, you're a teacher too, right? He'd probably say yes. Is there something here about the fact that he was a count on the first... Uh, series and now has everybody's blood. <laughs> have we done oh, now, a okay. of vampire? Okay, now this is a fun... Have we done this, this yet? This is a fun theory. Let's explore this a little bit. That's all yes. I got. Let's explore the space here. <laughs> that's. I mean, in that suit in this episode is, mm. is very... I, yeah, that's got some vampire vibes, yeah, doesn't it? If it's not Dracula, it's Angel for sure. That's like a suit. Is he wearing like a cranberry or some other kind of like jewel tone shirt underneath because if so that he borrowed that from angel's closet angel from buffy I think he has an ascot does he <laughs> of course he does <laughs> baltar he, he might not be wearing it in this episode but he definitely but, you know, has, he has one you know one, he does for sure i'm thinking of a, like a, a galactica video game but made by the the creators of castlevania yes. and baltar is totally an anime vampire yes yes <laughs> count baltar that's so good <laughs> He says he needs everybody's blood samples. He's just been drinking them. <laughs> he has not even been testing them. That's how he stays alive. Exactly. Do you think he can taste the Cylon blood? I imagine it must taste slightly different. It must, slightly right? Slightly metallic. Well, maybe maybe it's not so much the taste, but it's like the mouthfeel. Like you can you can you can feel the difference between the the, the hexagons and the octagons. Yeah, it's very fruit forward. The Cylon blood. It makes his mouth glow a little bit. Oh. I love that. <laughs> Very fruitful. Bio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the idea of a vampire sommelier <laughs> describing the notes of oak and stone fruits. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but as I was saying before, the uh, the, the Dreadus context so rudely interrupted me. Uh, we skipped over a little bit of a... Hey, man, the Cylons show up when they show up. I mean, we we can't, we have no idea when they're going to show. We skipped over a little bit of a a side plot that uh, I hate, but we got to talk about anyway. Um, Sharon on Galactica, uh, pregnant Sharon, has her baby uh, prematurely. They've got to, they've got to cut her out of, cut it out of her because she's, uh, she's hemorrhaging internally or something has gone wrong. Detached placenta. That's right, detached placenta. Is that a Scott <laughs> Coddle's no. line. You put so much time and effort into you know, looking uh, like humans. <laughs> you didn't think to upgrade the plumbing. The man's got a point. End away with words. <laughs> I, this God, is I mean, this is a really good episode. If you like Coddle being Coddle, mm-hmm. like he, he's got some good gems in this one. I think that in this watch through, he is hands down my favorite character. Oh, he's he's so yeah, good. I want more of him. I really mm-hmm. do. <laughs> I, st- I want a whole coddle spinoff. Oh yeah, like it's like Mash, exactly. But but it's uh, instead of uh, what's his name, um, the guy on Ma- the main guy on Mash. Is that I-, I don't want to say the name in my head in case I'm wrong, but I will. Is it Alan Alda? That's the one. Oh, thank you. Okay. Instead, of, but instead of him, it's it's Doc Coddle as the mm-hmm. as the main like funny guy and uh, and and the tents are octagonal. The tents are octagonal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it takes place in Galactica Sick Bay, but it's just like it's literally just. The sick bay, and it's just coddle being coddle all day. Question. Go on. I'm, I want everyone to know I'm raising my hand politely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they were going to make a spinoff of 
Battlestar Galactica that took place in Galactic Sick Bay with Dr. Cottle and make it like an analog to MASH, would they have a character named Dratus? Because yeah, is there I a so. oh? Because there's a radar, isn't there? There's a radar. <gasps> yeah, that's very good. It's <laughs> <is> very good. <laughs> so this this side plot we don't need to spend a lot of time on, but you know, the baby's born, the baby's premature, has some lung development issues, but is alive and breathing. There's a moment where Hilo panics and like, is she alive? Is she okay? And the the baby starts crying. <laughs> God is like, there's your answer. Now get out of the way. <laughs> Uh, and of course, uh, Rosalind gonna Rosalind in this episode and is like, we can't let the Cylons know that this baby's born and the, there's talk of like possibly killing it. And then she makes the decision to, uh, place the baby with a, an adoptive mother in the fleet and pretend that the baby's dead, which how they got a, a convincing enough dead baby, uh, to put in the baby's place. Oh no, this uh, is, is really fucking with my head. Th- this is covered by a, like a, a really quick offhand comment. The the mother they adopt uh, the the Cylon baby, the half Cylon baby out to, makes some comment about like, oh, like after I miscarried or after I lost my like premature birth or whatever. So like the so they just yeah. literally just swapped the bodies. Wow. Yeah. This is the second wow. time it worked this time. Adama's tried to <laughs> fool people with a dead body. You'd think he'd be a little more cautious, but. And I, I, <laughs> Rosalind taking a page out of Adama's mm-hmm. book this time. <laughs> well, I also like, um, you know, that she calls Coddle to Colonial One to, to ask him for help with this. Uh, and she's like, I made my decision. This is what we're doing. I need your help. And he's like, well, I don't like it, but I'll do it. <laughs> I wanted him to put up more of a fight. I understand why he didn't, but I wanted him to. Yeah. I also appreciate that he once again got, got dressed up in his uniform to go to Colonial One. Always. He's very <laughs> respectful, that man. He's, he, he's, he's never old... in uniform no. unless he's on Colonial One. Well, because any other time we see him, he's fucking doing surgery. So he's in his doctor's uniform. Yeah, what did we uh, What did we figure out his actual rank was? Was it Major? I think it was Major. Major Coddle? Yeah, that sounds right. He's, Colonel, Colonel he's Coddle? A, <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Coddle. He's a fairly high-ranking uh, officer, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense for the the chief medical officer on a a ship the size of Galactica. Yeah, but you know that happens. They send the baby off. They Harry Potter and, the baby. Yeah, yeah. Hilo and Sharon think that it's dead, and they mourn. They uh, Cottle gives them fake baby ashes. He probably, <laughs> she probably burns the 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 uh, miscarried baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and don't forget, yeah, Sharon tries to strangle Coddle because she thinks that he <laughs> killed the baby on purpose. Yeah. Which, I mean, <laughs> she's not that far off. She's she's on the right path. Yeah. She she arrives at the wrong answer on the correct path. Mm-hmm. But Coddle says, like, I don't kill... I forget I exactly. Patients. He's yeah. like, I don't kill patients. I help them. And, and he's... Yeah. But, but his, again, his bedside manner, he's like, but she's dead, and that's all there is to it. Like, yeah. dude, there's a better way to deliver yes. that. It's like, I'm thinking like how badly they sold this story and the parents were so distraught that they just bought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the only thing, the only thing about the storyline I want to talk about and then we can move on from it is when Hilo goes to scatter the ashes out the side of a raptor, they blow away in the breeze in mm-hmm. space. It's yeah, the nice. solar winds. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice breezy day. Ah, uh, you gotta watch out for those solar winds. They'll hack your network. It's it's an IT joke. Hey, 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 hey. 
Neat. So, solar That's fine. Winds, I don't need to know. No, you do. It's so, um, so solar, good. Solar Winds is a company that makes like software that like IT people use, like IT oh, people in like baby, shitty like corporate like Windows environments use. World. And uh, they recently got uh, hacked, and as a result, a lot of their customers got hacked. <laughs> and it was like a big thing in the news. So, <laughs> neat. So, <laughs> so Caleb's joke's pretty funny. It's goes good. It's almost as good as, as my Among Us joke. It was. Only I got this one. <laughs> it's the, those deep cut jokes we, that we, uh, we go for here on, on Set Condition Hell yeah. 1. Um, so back on Caprica, we get, uh, we get the return of the resistance. Wait. Anders and two other people who don't matter. The, the pyramid player? The pyramid player. Cylon. You still if think he, he's a Cylon? If he's a Cylon, why is he trying to blow up the Cylons? Because he's one of the models who has not been cleared to populate uh, Caprica. And so he's a stray. Um, and he doesn't know yet. Uh-huh. And neither do everybody else. I don't know. A Cylon being part of the human resistance and going around actively killing other Cylons would be as fucking <laughs> crazy as a human helping the Cylons get through the colonial defense grids or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> Or Wait. like, a, a, or like a Cylon in the Colonial Fleet actively fighting the Cylons. Yeah, it doesn't 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 None track. None of it checks out. Oh, that tracks. Nope. But uh, they they hatch this plan to uh, to bomb a cafe, which is a total like early two thousands. Like it's an Ely, basically. Mm. It's it's the the Capricorn version of an Ely. Mm. It's it's posh, and they serve nothing but espresso <laughs> drinks, <laughs> and they look down on you for. Ordering anything else, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's a, a great scene of a Doral making a cappuccino for another Doral. It's adorable. <laughs> it is so funny to think <laughs> about all of them. They only have but the four models to do all the things that need to get done. So like, there's a Doral. The Charlie work exactly. Sharon, is, we know Sharon it? does the Charlie work. <laughs> we we right. learned that early on. Oh, I just imagine that's why we're not seeing Leoben. <laughs> Leoben does all the Charlie work. He's like cleaning the gutters yep. and scrubbing the too philosophical. Yeah. Well, he can be philosophical while he scrubs the toilet. <laughs> the resistance hatches this plan to, to blow up this cafe. And one of the questions is like, what is the point of killing them? Because they're just going to download into new bodies. And at first I was like, how do they know that? But then I remember this is after they met Six and the other, or sorry, after they met Sharon and freed Starbuck from the farm. And so they have all this knowledge. Uh, but uh, Anders makes the point, like, you know, the, like they're going to download into a new body with all of their memories. They're going to remember being blown up, and I hope it hurts. <laughs> and if we do this enough, we're going to make it no longer worth their while to stick around, and they'll get the frack off our planet. Which I think is a reasonable, especially because, and he doesn't know this, um, and again, people watching this for the first time in the early aughts don't know this, but... It doesn't look like a very straightforward, pleasant, fast experience to make new models, Mm-mm. right? I know we haven't actually seen that happen, but we did see um, a big old meat factory, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing too is I don't get I don't get the impression that they're super happy to be just like destroying models whenever yeah, like they know. don't have an infinite supply. Yeah. And that combined with what we now know is a, like an obvious trauma of mm-hmm. experiencing death. You know, we, we learned about that a little bit with Scar, uh, but now like getting like 
seeing the visual of Six and Sharon resurrecting uh, and getting this additional exposition uh, from Anders here, we can put it all together that like, even if they had infinite resources and it was an instantaneous, like, boom, new Cylon, like, it's still a traumatic experience and they don't want to do it. Like, they, they have sacrificed individuals to the cause, but they're not throwing the humanoid Cylons into the, the fight at this, you know, to the same degree that they've sent centurions in to, to die or raiders in to die. Exactly. Because it, I don't know, because maybe they, they think of themselves as a, a little bit uh, above them. Mm-hmm. So it seems. Interesting. Interesting. It's almost like they have a, a very classist system. Mm-hmm. Almost. And I, th- I think we're, we're starting to see that develop. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the resistance sets a, a bomb under this cafe with a uh, a clever uh, a half lit or half burnt uh, lit cigarette as the fuse, uh, and they time it out for it takes three and three minutes ten seconds or whatever to to burn out, and the clothespin snaps together and that uh, ignites the fuse and the bomb goes off. Um, but, and then that triggers a hamster wheel, and then yes. that. Pushes a toaster down, a real toaster, not a fracking Cylon. And then that toast pops up um, and you get breakfast. Thanks to Ru- uh, Rube Goldbergicon. <laughs> I was trying to think of one, but then I got distracted by a real toaster, not a fracking Cylon. <laughs> just, I just wanted to be clear there. And so the, uh, they set this bomb and uh, Anderson sends uh, two of them off uh, to, to safety and stays behind to guard the... the um, to make sure that the silence don't discover it. That seems uh, like a super safe move on his part, like just hang out near the bomb until it goes off. And, you know, his intent being, I think, to get away, but just as he's about to, uh, he here's the, um, you know, the Deanna and Six and Sharon walking up the stairs towards uh, Sharon's apartment because they finally decide that they're going to, you know, clear out her apartment and move on. There's been this whole conversation going on. Uh, and... Then a centurion comes in and he's like, "Wow, fuck! I gotta shoot this guy," uh, and and just barely takes cover in time, and the bomb goes off. Kaboom! But it, it is worth taking a step back and like kind of going into the, the conversation that uh, has been happening amongst the uh, the Cylons because um, Baltar helps Six realize that uh, this Deanna is just using her. And Sharon, like pitting them against each other, to basically make them seem as though they've they've lost their minds, uh, so that they can be uh, what the Silence refer to as boxed, have their their memories stored in like cold storage and never resurrected again, uh, as kind of a, a punishment for. Uh, I think it's even like Six who points it out, like you know we're celebrities in a culture based on conformity, like we stand out. And like to them, that's dangerous. I, I really want to make a joke about uh, Amazon Glacier, <laughs> but I can't. I can't get there. So, well, you just, could, but you're too slow now. Just pretend. Just pretend I made a really funny joke about Amazon Amazon Glacier <laughs> and and cold storage for Cylons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like how quickly you went into that laughter because it makes me feel like I have to question every time you laugh at something on our podcast now whether or not it's genuine. I actually surprised myself with that too. I didn't think I could do. It. <laughs> I didn't think I could do it. <laughs> well, now we know that you can. 
God. I guess because in my mind it was funny that I was going to do that. And so it was a genuine laugh. It's a very complex web of emotions that are going on on this podcast. Very surreal. Why am I forgetting how words get said? Are you are you trying words to say are hard? Are you trying words? to say surreal or yeah, cerebral? Yeah, they get stuck up in my mouth. They don't come out so good. Um, surreal, bro. <laughs> cerebral. That's adorable. <laughs> Damn it, adorable. Cerberal. Cerberus. Like Three headed dog. Yeah. Aw. Which is also adorable. <laughs> uh, I want to pet it. Yeah. All three. Do do do. So in an effort to kind of disguise the fact that they, they've caught on to this scheme, uh, Six and Sharon tell uh, Deanna that they're ready for, you know, to help Sharon move on. She's going to move out of this apartment. She's going to, you know, get back into to Cylon civilization, Cylon culture. And so they're on their way up this winding mm-hmm. parking garage staircase uh, up to the apartment. Uh, and the bomb goes off. And they get trapped in there. But... Uh, Mr. Anders gets trapped with him. <laughs> oh, no. And then something happens. He's got a gun. Well, they, they pull him out from under the wreckage. And I love because he tries to play it cool. He's like, oh, thanks so much for helping me out. <laughs> Just like beat the shit out of him. Yeah, nice try. <laughs> and, and so you've got, you've got Deanna there. You've got uh, Boomer there. And then uh, I think Boomer even asks like, oh, what happened to Six? And... Tina's like, oh, her body's over there dead. And, and she's like, not yet. <laughs> I, I actually laughed out loud at that. Yeah. <laughs> her body's dead. Not yet. <laughs> I'm not dead, not dead yet. yet. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and then oh, Boomer sets that her, the broken bone in her in her leg, right? And oh, it makes that, yep. that good sound. But Deanna decides she's going to kill Anders, uh, the pyramid player. And the Cylon? Sharon, I never Sharon, say that. <laughs> Sharon stops her. Uh, and we should interrogate him. Like, why, sh- why shouldn't we kill him? He's like, well, we can interrogate him and find out about his co-conspirators. <sighs> Fine. I guess you're right. <laughs> I love that when she's going to shoot him, she says they don't respect life the way that we do or something. Yes. And he's about to <laughs> yes. blow his face off. So good. As- not only as she's about to kill him, but like in the ruins of, the, of his home planet exactly. that they just nuked nine months ago. It is funny and also telling uh, more so about us than than them. As like it's a, poetic, though. Yeah, for sure. What a good show! What a great show! Yeah, I don't know if y'all know that, but the show's good. It's a good show. It is. It is a great show. Um, Sharon kills Deanna. I'm just gonna say it. I thought it was six. Six can't. Six can barely stand. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. Six, six is huddled in the corner, talking to guys, telling him how, how much d- she loves him. I did think it was weird that six was able to lift that <laughs> giant rock and smash Deanna's head in with it. I do like that. You know, as Deanna's trying to to be all high and mighty about the the silent cause, and six is over there muttering about how. You know, jealousy and, and anger and murder or vengeance are all sins in the eyes of God. And, oh, it is six that, that slams. How the fuck does she manage to uh, do that? Yeah, because that's right. You were absolutely right. Uh-huh. Thank you. You're say welcome. Say that again. No. <laughs> uh, Rude. You didn't say please. It's uh, actually just as the uh, the other silence are about to like find their way through the wreckage, which how they knew, even knew to look in this particular stairwell for survivors is never addressed in the show. Uh, 
but just before the other Cylons break through and find them there, uh, Six conveniently smashes Deanna in the head with a rock. What does Deanna say right before that, though? The line is really good because then something about... God loves me. And then and Six, six just... Just says, see you again soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, and, and so, like... They, they realize that, like, yes, she's going to she's going to download into a new body, um, but they also know that a whole bunch of them just died, and it does take some time. Uh, and so they estimate they've got you know, like thirty six hours, I think, before she resurrects and is able to tell them what happened. And Sex and Sharon realize, like, we have time to kind of sow the seeds of of change to tell the people like what we know when you know, that you know we can we can make a change to the Cylon way of life. And you know, stop this cycle of violence and hatred right here. And so they uh, they let Anders go, much to his surprise. <laughs> he like is confused at first, and they're like, "Well, you can stay and get shot if you want." <laughs> and he's like, "See ya, check please." <laughs> A couple things worth noting that we we kind of glossed over here. Um, yeah. One of them is that Caprica Six is distraught over what she believes is Baltar's death. Mm. And then, of course, Sharon lets it slip that he's alive and on Galactica and is now vice president of the colonies. That's right. <laughs> uh, so that, that kind of... She's uh, like, that fucking guy? I think that kind of informed Six's turn to, you know, not be as on board with the Cylon plan because they lied to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Deanna knew because mm-hmm. she was also on Galactica at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she for sure knew. And then the other thing that, that happens is uh, when they're when they, they're in the rubble with Anders, they pull out Starbucks' uh, dog tag that she gave him. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, Thank you. And, mm-hmm. sh- and Sharon sees that and is like, oh. I know, I know Starbuck. <laughs> That's what I was alluding to early on when mm-hmm. I said we get some tangible proof of where this takes place in the timeline and yeah, how, oh yeah, 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 like who the the Sharon is and whatnot. Because yeah. yeah, you know Sharon gets to see this connection to like this this human, this pyramid player that also knows Starbuck, and she knows that Cylon. Uh, you know, Starbuck was here at one point, and she learns that uh, another Sharon helped her escape, and so it's got to that's got to like help somehow in the the healing and reconciliation in this Sharon's mind, uh, knowing that there are others of her model that Mm -hmm. are also like fighting against this silent nature and, you know, protecting the humans that they, they loved so much. Yeah. She's a weak model, but in the end she'll carry out her mission. (laughs) I can't believe that I remembered that. That's a deep cut. I I love it. Thank you. So, so, Hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Think? First, first <laughs> yeah. episode from the from that's primarily from the Cylon perspective. What uh, what do you what are you thinking? Where's I, your head at? I don't know. I don't. I don't know because it's so. Um, I'm really excited that we're getting to see so much from the Cylon perspective. I don't think mm-hmm. I was expecting that quite so soon. Mm. It's funny the way they set certain things up that feel like they're going to be. Bigger, like the baby. Sharon just had that baby three episodes from the end of season two, real quick. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's so much buildup, and now that kid just kind of is just in the fleet somewhere. You, oh, you think that's not going to be a significant thing later <laughs> no, on I in the mean, series? I, and we just never hear about the baby again. Yeah. No, I, I don't mean that at all. I just mean it. The show, it's it's hard to speculate where it might go because it doesn't follow any sort of formula that you might expect from a show like this. It's it's constantly doing new stuff and uh, kind of switching, like playing off our expectations in a way and switching them up. And I'm, I'm always impressed by that. We're also very near the season two finale. So 
Um, it's, yes. two, it's a two-parter, and it's next. Holy shit. So I have to imagine that things are really going to pop off, and I am. Well, baby Hera grows up to be the commander of Galactica. Adama? Yeah. Yeah. She, well, she becomes Hera Adama. <laughs> she, she marries Lee. That's beautiful. No, I don't like it. No, she marries Lee's child. Whose so uh, name less, is... That's less weird. Whose name is also Lee. He's Lee Jr. Lee Jr. Lee Jr. Uh, so Papa Dama is her grandfather-in-law. Oh, I would... <laughs> Papa Dama is a grandfather. Is I just... This, this is an adorable storyline. Yeah. It doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I should also say, well, you said Hera, uh, queen of the gods, wife yep. and sister of Zeus. <laughs> Hold on, so... <laughs> You kind of were in that in the Olympian pantheon. She is known for being the goddess of marriage and birth. Um, Look at that. And she was just born. So yeah, known to be jealous and vengeful toward the many lovers and offspring of her husband and brother Zeus. Just so everybody knows, her brother husband. Yeah, you know. Yeah, true. She does grow up to kill all of her husband's lovers. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) Um, Yeah, like. There's at least one other opportunity that we get late in the season to get another uh, uh, storyline from the Cylon vantage point, uh, and that'll be our next uh, Never Heard of It crossover uh, mm-hmm. when we talk about the plan. But that's <gasps> late in season four uh, because there's uh, too many things that it, it spoils along the way that yeah. we have to have established before we watch it. Gotcha. Uh, but we are going to get at least one more chance to see through the Cylon eyes, and I like that because, again, like, so many times we've talked about how, like, nothing is, like, truly, like, right and wrong, black and white on on this show. Like, there is no, like, true good, true evil, mm-hmm. uh, and seeing these different perspectives and seeing how nuanced, even within, you know, the colonial fleet and within the Cylons, uh, these perspectives are, it it just adds that much more complexity to the story, so... Absolutely. Oh, visit Night Shift Radio. I don't think we said any of that today, do we? Well, I was just going to say, you know, we, we've talked a, a couple times about our, our crossover with uh, Never Heard of It. And, uh, you know, we are part of the Night Shift Radio Media Network. Uh, and, of course, you can check us out at nightshiftradio.com to learn more about that. Uh, we also just launched a, a Patreon, I believe, uh, just uh, just this month. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I don't know what date this airs, but I, I got to imagine. It'll be. Yeah. If it's not up by now, it will be soon. I yeah, think we're, it, yeah, it'll be next, this week, this week, or, yeah, it's up. It should should have been this month, mm-hmm. the month of February, mm-hmm. uh, when this episode airs. Uh, and, of course, uh, on that, you can find uh, bonus content as well as uh, episodes airing early from across the Night Shift Radio Network. So uh, rather than having to subscribe to uh, feeds and make pledges to multiple individual shows, you get content from uh, all of our shows as well as we've got some some great non-podcast content that's coming out real soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyone who uh, signs up for the, the Patreon is going to get exclusive first looks at that. And we're really excited to bring it to you. I will say, uh, so I think that's you, worth it alone. I'm very excited. I, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, and so if you if you like what we're doing here at Night Shift Radio and you want to help, us, uh, help support us in continuing that, uh, that's a great way to do it. Uh, and that said, we're going to go ahead and jump to the next location so that we can get this two-part season finale started. Holy shit. And we will see you there. So spool up the FGL drives. So spool we so all. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. So spool we all. <laughs> Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. 
Set Condition 1 is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.